Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Talking Your Way to Change, the podcast that educates you about optimal mental health and psychotherapy. I am the host, Dr. Banker, and I'm coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I want to thank all of you listeners who have been coming on this journey with me. I am now venturing into the second season. This has been a profound learning journey as I learned to navigate the podcasting industry. Although it has been challenging, connecting with other mental health specialists and diving into the psychological research allows me to fill my own cup. If you are enjoying Talking Your Way to Change, thanks for tuning in. Please consider subscribing to the show. Subscribing is one of the ways for me to reach broader audiences. Also, if you think the content is worthwhile, share it with a friend. I am practicing my social media skills, and you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now, let's get into today's episode. In our last episode in this series on anxiety, I discussed using cognitive restructuring and cognitive diffusion as strategies to manage anxiety. These skills are often taught in psychotherapy. These strategies teach us that our thoughts influence our moods and behaviors. They involve identifying how your thoughts are either working for you or against you. Another fundamental treatment category involves strategies that target breath work. Our breathing can work either for us or against us. Breathing deeply and exhaling slowly bring your heart rate into sync. This leads to endorphins being released. Slow and deep breaths also stimulate your vagus nerve, which in turn then activates your parasympathetic nervous system. In addition, controlled breathing can also bring more oxygen to your muscles, which will reduce tension and provide more air to your brain, which will allow you to think more clearly. Thinking more clearly will enable you to address your thinking. You can see how these two strategies are feedback loops to each other. Psychotherapy can offer additional insights into your anxiety that might lead to healing that is life transforming. I have four therapeutic concepts that I would like you to consider in addition to the management techniques of breathing and cognitive restructuring that I have spoken of in prior episodes. These concepts are one, anxiety might be a reflection of your avoidance pattern, and I'll talk more about that. Two, your anxiety does not mean you are broken down and defeated. It actually could mean paradoxically that you are ready and have the sufficient resources available to you to do this inner psychological work. Three, anxiety is a natural part of growth and development. And finally, regardless of whatever strategy you use to manage your anxiety, you are in control of how you respond to the anxiety, even if you're not in control of when it happens. Okay, let's take concept number one. Your anxiety could very well be a signal that there are issues in your life now or in the past that need attention. 
If you are a person who avoids painful feelings, decisions, or conflict, it's possible that what you are trying to avoid is the source fueling your anxiety. In a therapeutic setting, you might ask yourself some self-reflective questions that explore this possibility. It is important to know that you are not probably going to immediately know the answer. You might, but you really need to give yourself the time and space to allow this process to happen naturally. If you knew what was underneath the anxiety and you were not conflicted about it, odds are you wouldn't be anxious. If you were recently diagnosed with an anxiety disorder or you're finding yourself having a significant increase in your anxiety, you might ask yourself, what am I afraid of in my life right now? What have I been avoiding? How long have I felt this way? What has changed in my life over the past 6 to 12 months? Are there other times across my lifetime that I felt in a similar way? Give yourself the same quality of attention you would give a loved one in crisis. Verbalize this process or journal about it. Notice material in your life that you are drawn to. Books, music, movies. Notice your dreams. Do any of these give you a signal? Talk with safe loved ones or your therapist. As painful as your anxiety is right now, it might be that it's covering up something that you have convinced yourself would be even more distressing. There's no guarantee what is fueling your anxiety might be tremendously painful, but oftentimes in my experience, once people start to talk about the source of their anxiety, whatever this material is, it is not as painful as what they have imagined. This leads me to the next concept. Okay, concept number two. Is your anxiety your friend or foe? Although anxiety can be very emotionally painful, and having an anxiety disorder is often debilitating, instead of viewing the anxiety as evidence that you're breaking down, it could also mean that you feel safe enough right now in your life to break down that the time is right for you to address certain issues in your life, that somehow the conditions are right for you to embark on this journey of healing. Anxiety is very complex, and there are often layers and layers to why we are experiencing intense episodes of anxiety. But clinically, my experience has been that people who are experiencing anxiety and seeking out help for their mental health are quite able to make the changes in their life that will lead them to even greater happiness than they had prior to the anxiety. This leads me to the next concept, concept number three. Anxiety is a natural part of growth and development. We all have different baseline reactivities or tendencies to become anxious to our environments or the developmental stages in our lives. It's not uncommon for anxiety to rear its head during a time when we are needing to leave a place of knowledge, security, predictability, or transition to a new place, going off to college, finding a job after college, having children, even accepting death. The space between what we know and where we might be going is called the liminal space, and it is often filled with anxiety. 
If we want to grow and develop, we have to experience a certain amount of stress and anxiety. These levels vary greatly for people for a host of reasons, including genetics. However, if you can acknowledge and embrace anxiety instead of pushing it down or trying to run away from it, you will be able to work with it more clearly and find solutions to make life-enhancing decisions. I thought I'd give an, a personal example of how anxiety can play a role in development. Um, it really is driven home, I think, if you are in the throes of raising children and understanding kind of human development. I remember when my daughter was, I think, between the ages of two and three and um, potty training was in the forefront of our thoughts. I remember thinking that um, that at some level, my, she'll, my daughter's going to send me a signal that says she's ready to be potty trained and um, it was going to be kind of a smooth transition. And then, you know, I was taking a lot of early childhood education um, development classes and um, I was around a lot of other um, mothers and their children. And I soon began to realize that actually that was not going to be the case, that it was that I was going to have to make a decision that this was going to happen and it wasn't going to be um, a smooth transition, one that she would embrace and that part of that developmental stretch or stage was her discomfort. I remember that um, when I had finally decided, yep, this is going to be the day that we are going to implement the beginnings of potty training. She picked up her potty chair, threw it across her room, and stared at me enraged and told me, I am never going to go to the bathroom in there. And I thought, okay, this is going to be a challenging day. Um, however, it actually turned out great. Uh, it took us about a day and I don't think we ever had an accident. Um, but it, I give you that, um, example because it's so interesting that, you know, I think as a parent, I thought, you know, when she made that step or that step up into a development, um, stage, I thought she would, it would be something that she would be, um, embracing or happy about. Um, but she wasn't, she was terrified and she was pretty rageful about it. Um, and that's my example. So as adults, at times when we're in that anxiety, we really feel like that it's super dangerous or that we're, um, this discomfort means danger is lurking. And I think it's helpful to remind ourselves that anxiety in and of itself is not dangerous. It's just uncomfortable. And we can tell ourselves that. We can say to ourselves, right now I'm having this feeling and I don't like it. It's not dangerous. It's just uncomfortable. That it soon will end or it could disappear and then I'll be fine. And so for now, I'm just going to focus on doing something else around me, or maybe I'll find something active to do. Okay, I'm going to say that again, that we can tell ourselves anxiety is not dangerous. It's just uncomfortable. I'm fine. I'm just going to continue with what I'm doing right now, or maybe I'll go find something more active to do, right? And 
I would just say you want to keep that in mind that sometimes, although something might feel dangerous and awful, it doesn't mean that it is, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't keep pursuing that developmental step. The final concept is you're not in control of what happens to you in your life, but you are in control of how you respond to it. So oftentimes we are not in control of when we start to experience anxiety or have intense episodes, but we are in control of how we respond to it. Dr. Caroline Leaf, a communication pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist, states that when you use strategies to respond to your life versus react, you activate health processes in your mind that will work with you and change your brain and help you cope. She gives the analogy of responding versus reacting. It's like the difference between using windshield wipers during a storm or not, right? The windshield wipers are the responding. It doesn't take away the storm or the rain, but at least we can we can see through the windshield, right? Where we can see where we're going. And when you shift your focus, you will start to be able to embrace your anxiety. Normalizing anxiety does not take it away. It does not manage it, but it does allow us the chance to respond to it differently instead of just reacting to it, feeling hostage to it, or always feeling that it's a negative. Okay, so in summary, my four concepts are one, what are you possibly trying to avoid? Your two, your anxiety is your friend. Three, anxiety is a natural part of growth and development. And four, we want to respond to anxiety instead of react. Okay, until next time, this is Dr. Banker. Thanks for joining us this week on Talking Your Way to Change. You can also visit our Facebook page. You can subscribe to the show on Anchor or iTunes so that you never miss an episode. If you found value in this show, we would appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or you could just simply tell a friend. I need to alert everyone that this podcast is not meant as a substitution for mental health treatment. So although the podcast deals with psychotherapy, this is not your psychotherapy. Okay, thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Banker.